0: anybody's question for yours because you're an idiot and really a disloyal person what's up everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the disloyal idiots podcast i'm christian a guzman steve and andy are missing somewhere in the vast wilderness of the internet so we have the yinzer replacement, mike ostrowski to help fill in for andy to fill in the pittsburgh void that every syracuse fan does so desperately needs in their life even though it is the Steelers' bye week,
1: hey, it's the, it's the one week I don't have a heart attack on Sunday, so I'll take it.
0: You just have a heart attack for every other day of the week now because Mike is that rare breed of Steelers Phillies fan that you know only shows up every once in a blue moon. So he's the one who's suffering um, now to try and figure out how the Phillies are going to figure out Zach Gowen.
1: Uh, it's called Red October. I'm not worried.
0: And then figure out how to not blow it against the Astros again, because we all
1: know See, that great. that either either Texas team does concern me. That's where it gets dicey.
0: We're doing the usual thing as we do on the Dislow Idiots podcast, where we talk literally anything else about, about literally anything else except Syracuse football, because talking about Syracuse football just makes us more and more depressed. Um, especially after this past week where Syracuse unfortunately got trounced by Florida State The final score of I believe it was 41 to 3. The reason why I say is believe because I think like most Syracuse fans most of us tuned out after the end of the first half or even far before that.
1: Well, I had the post game and then the AAR post game so I did not have the choice of tuning out this time.
0: Yeah, no, you you were contractually required in order to sit through all of this, unfortunately, for your sanity. Um, so yeah, 41-3 is your final score. Syracuse drops to four and three on this season. But the good news as you can see uh, by the title of this podcast, the God that is finally over. This is what not just all of our fans, all the fans knew, but team knew as well was the stretch of the year called the gauntlet and it was going to be the roughest part of the year playing against clemson unc and florida state the three toughest opponents on the schedule and it was going to be surprising if syracuse came out with a win in any of those yes you would have liked to see the games be a bit more competitive but it's not surprising that syracuse lost
1: these games no, and going into the start of the season, if you expected Syracuse to win one of these games, I don't know what to tell you. It would have been a great upset if they did, but come on. It's 2 the two teams that will be competing for the ACC championship, UNC and Florida State, and then a Clemson team that, while they were beatable, yes, it's not the greatest Clemson team SU has ever faced. They still played florida state extremely tight the week before and they're not a pushover so the good the good news is that like you said the worst part is over they have the perfect bye week now instead of last season where you had the bye week right before the gauntlet and you really didn't have a chance to snap out of that rough streak now you do have a chance to catch your breath regroup and have a pretty solid shot at winning i'd say at least three or four games out of the last five
0: and you also have a pretty good shot to kind of take away and kind of fix some of the numbers that you're seeing on the screen right now. If you're watching the, uh, if you're watching the stream, because let's let's face it, one of the main reasons why Syracuse has performed this badly over this stretch has been Garrett Schrader. There's no more beating around the bush about this. Is that Schrader's play just hasn't been up to par uh, from? what we even saw earlier this season. And you can't really blame it on the offensive coordinator anymore. Maybe a little bit on Beck as the quarterback coach, but not so much the offensive coordinator, because from what we can see, the plays and the concepts are at least good in theory. It's just that the execution hasn't been great. And when you're a good margin below 50%, nine for 21 and only thrown for 99 yards, and you've get sacked three times. Now, granted, not all of those were his fault, but like this is not a stat line of a quarterback uh, who should who who would inspire a lot of hope that Syracuse at least had a chance in a couple of these games.
1: No, and if you want to scroll down just a little bit more, Christian, what really concerns me well, still in the offense. Sorry, still in the uh, rushing. Garrett Schrader. Net negative yards. When you, have, you when your mobile QB is in the red, there's a serious problem.
0: And the other one of the other things you should know about that is yes, since sack yardage does get tacked onto the rushing yards. The net is going to look a little weird, but when when you take away the sacks, it was three sacks, so he only rushed four times for twelve yards. And this is a quarterback who, remember, only a couple of games ago had a career game against Purdue when he rushed 25 times for 195 yards. Now, granted, yes, the defenses aren't the same. I get that totally. But that goes into another one of the things that continues to befuddle us about in terms of what you would want to see Syracuse fix during the bye. A lot of it has to do with, with Schrader's decision-making. And I think we've seen a lot of that kind of on display over the past couple of weeks, is that Schrader's decision-making, particularly in the option play, um, just hasn't been perhaps the right decisions, you would say.
1: No, and it really seems like it's not a true RPO. It's really just a straight run option, and he just keeps making the wrong reads, where... Whether it's keep the ball or hand it off to Allen, he more often than not is not making the right read.
0: And then you get to the passing part of the game, which is obviously, I mean, you're a quarterback. You expected it in the college level at least to make a pass. And the decision making that trader has had in his passing department hasn't been necessarily the best either. Because it feels like again, like from what we saw seen at least in the first from what we saw at least in the first half. It seemed like the past concepts that were being and the route concepts that were being uh, called upon by Jason Beck were good in theory. And there were a couple of areas where it seemed like, okay receivers just weren't getting separation. And that's just a talent deficit. But at the same time, there were other points where it's like, why would Schrader make that throw in the first place? And that in its own is a way that has hampered Syracuse.
1: Yeah, I would argue maybe a little bit that Schrader needs to get back to throwing the ball over the middle. Now, I understand he doesn't have a run Gadsden. He doesn't have a healthy Isaiah Jones. But I don't care if you have to put Damian Alpher in the slot. When his Ever since he got to SU, Schrader's strength has been throwing over the middle. He is not an accurate – he does not have an accurate sideline ball. So you, you've got to work with what you have and find a way to at least get some action over the middle and not – be as it really comes down to me to being too predictable. Whenever she was throwing the ball, especially as the game progressed, you just knew if it was a pass play, they were going to the sidelines; they were not going anywhere near the middle of the field.
0: And we're getting to that point again with Syracuse football because that was something that was an alarm bell with Syracuse at least over the past couple of years. I don't remember if this article was last year or the year before, but there was an assistant coach who was talking with the Athletic who said that Syracuse's offense was very easy to prepare for and was very, very predictable. And we're starting to get to that point with Schrader because his weaknesses and strengths are still clear and haven't changed that much from year to year. And unfortunately, especially with Gatson out and, like you said, a non-healthy Isaiah Jones out there, this is a offense that gets very, very one-dimensional in terms of the strengths of the receivers versus the strength of the passer. And it feels like Syracuse is trying to play more towards the strength of the receivers than the strength of the passer. And there's no good option to say, okay, what's the right solution here? Because we've seen Alfred out in the slot a couple of times, but he hasn't looked that good in the slot either. In terms of the ball seems to be being put in the right spot, but Alfred just hasn't caught it. At least when he's been in the slot over the middle of the field, and whether it's in a slant or a dig route.
1: So, yeah, it, it's the same yeah. lack of consistency that he's had the last three or four years where he's got the talent to make flashy plays, but it almost seems like it's the easier ones that he has the most trouble with.
0: Yeah, like the, one of the catchers he made down the sideline, like that was. I mean, he, he came to as close to mossing a, a cornerback as you can without actually mossing said cornerback because he used all of his six foot six frame to jump over a guy and and make a catch. But again, it was a no key on Coleman one handed catch, but I mean, close enough. And but it feels like at, at least I forget if it was the North Carolina or Clemson game, but there were. Quite a few times this year, where uh, Alfred has been, the ball has been put in in a position for Alfred to succeed, in making a catch over the middle, and it just hasn't turned out to be the case.
1: Yeah, I think that was more UNC. Clemson was Hatcher that was getting targeted a lot, but nothing was working.
0: And then you go to the third receiver who's Donovan Brown. You see there at the bottom of your screen right now, we had zero catches. I'm not sure how many targets he had or not. But that was he's been the guy that Syracuse has thought might be able to you know push into the slot. But that just hasn't worked as well either. And it it's tough because we haven't seen enough of Brown in the slot to really see if it's been a Schrader accuracy issues or just Brown issues in general, because it's been a fair share of Schrader accuracy or just inconsistency when targeting Brown, at least over the middle in the slot position.
1: Yeah, sorry. I was looking up the uh targets, but yeah, again, the consistency problem. I don't, I don't want to repeat myself too much here, but someone has to figure out how to be consistent at something you can't it's the money ball scenario where you're not going to straight up replace around a but if you can get two or three different guys that are all good at doing one thing if you can get alford to be consistent in winning the 50 50 battles if you can get brown to start being that guy off the middle then together it it should at least make the offense a little less predictable a little more okay, we know Schrader is either going to hand the ball off, scramble, or chuck it uh, down the sidelines. Excuse me.
0: Well, is, We know one area that's been consistent, and right now it's really quite Allen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I've said that, yes, his stats over the past couple of weeks, especially in the Clemson-UNC game, I think did a disservice to how well he actually played in those games. Um, because when you when you look at the stats in that Clemson and, and UNC games, they're, they're not eye-popping, 14 for 52 against Clemson, 11 for 38 against uh, North Carolina. But then this is really what shows for Allen, 19 rushes, 110 yards gained on the ground. No touchdowns in this game because Syracuse wasn't going to score a touchdown in this game. But this is LaQuinn uh, Lequ- Allen who – That definitely hasn't shown any of the rust that we've seen Um, Now we might have been scared of him showing due to his absence in the offseason, due to his uh, issues with the university. But now it, it feels like Syracuse has got another running back where as long as you get him some space, he'll be in a position to make things happen. And that's at least a good starting point right now for Syracuse.
1: Yeah, it surprises me a little bit that he, they haven't tried to use him more. I, we understand he's not the exact same body type as Sean Tucker. He's not a really that true bell cow, maybe. But he's still clear RB1. I think he should be getting close to 20 touches a game at this point in time where you don't have that Yet, we hope it develops the last couple games of the year, but you don't yet have that dependable guy in the receiver's core. Especially against FSU, where he was gaining yardage pretty uh, significantly. Oh, there's a Steve Haller. There is a
0: Steve Haller, and I'm going to bring him in in just a second after you finish up your point, Mike. Uh,
1: But this is... I'm sorry, I lost track there. But with Allen, it seemed like he was, whenever he was handing the ball, he was gaining some momentum. I, I wish in that scenario, if your passing game isn't working at all, then go heavy on the run and force FSU to start stacking the line a little bit more. Now, of course, like, like you said, it isn't the a game they expected it to be in at all. But show something going into the bye week. Show some signs of offensive competency.
0: Well, one of the things also, and uh, this was even my last point on Allen, is that what well, we saw a lot in Tucker, especially in his uh, in his last year at Syracuse, is that they put him out wide a lot and went empty backfield. And I think Allen, he showed it in the pinstripe right bowl. He, he, he does very well as an outside receiver when you put him out there and give him a chance to be an outside receiver. And so if you can give a guy like that a chance to do some work in open space and he's shown the ability to catch the ball, why not do that? Because – He's clearly right now your most dangerous weapon in space. And you actually got some space thanks to the offensive line, at least in the run game. The past game, not so much.
2: Right, Steve? I have no idea because I saw zero snaps in this game. Oh,
0: right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't uh, we go to our good friends at PFF
1: to tell you uh, about that?
2: <laughs> oh, because I
1: actually haven't I, looked at these PFF grades.
2: Neither have I. So I'm um, curious to see
1: Petrice, how. Petri's the highest graded. That should tell you what you need to
2: know. Oh. That
0: is that is all the telltale signs of not a good start.
2: Okay, cool. Now, that all being said, is this, uh, you know, is that a function of who he was up against versus who the other side was up against?
0: And this is potentially correct because Jared Verse was lining up on Enrique Cruz's side.
2: I had a hunch just by those grades that that was an accurate statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because Martin I can't it, imagine turning out well.
0: And it probably doesn't surprise you that Enrique Cruz was the lowest rated offensive lineman in this game.
2: Is that for that everything?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um I one thing I know I brought up because I, I was able to hear a chunk of the game on uh the wonderful FSU broadcast from Sirius XM, which was, I was going to
0: ask you that, like, how did you not get the Syracuse broadcast even on Sirius XM? It was one, one I of could those find
2: weird. Was FSU? I, I don't know if it was like whatever subscription level I have or whatever it was, but I could not find like, our our,
0: our blackouts. We refer from TV to radio as well now. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I I could not in any way find the uh, the Syracuse feed, so I resorted to listening to the um, the color guy repeatedly say "we" when referring to Florida State, and I was like, oh, this is just. It's not great, Bob. Not great.
0: Yeah, some some alumni are, you know, very rooted into the program more, more so than others. I, yeah. I guarantee you, some Syracuse uh, football alumni would like to be that rooted into the program to that type mm. of level.
1: Yeah. The word is like to be.
0: Exactly. That's that's why I say like. That's a yeah. that's another topic that. I was going to talk about for another I, it, day, though.
2: That was the thing is the wheels were turning us to do we want to go down this road right now or no?
0: <laughs> I don't think we want to go through this road right now because we will spend the rest of the podcast talking about that.
2: Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. From from what I could hear, uh, I think I heard through like at least the first half and then uh, spits and spurts through the second half. I am not I would be remiss if I said that I had any desire to. Continue to listen in the second half after, like, at least if I can see it, I can analyze what's going wrong in the stupidity, but it's still painful. Uh, and then listening to it's a whole new level of sadism that I wasn't in for on Saturday.
0: I can imagine so. Um, shout out to Thunder Dan Villari, the highest rated uh, offensive player. at had a 74.
2: Okay. You know, the, the year of Thunder Dan is a thing. Where and, uh yeah, where did we end up with the rest of the offensive line?
0: So so actually like just taking the quick grants, you know, the offensive line as on as a whole on the non adverse side did pretty well. Right. Because, and... it, because uh pet because Petry, Bradford, and uh Chris Bleich all scored above the Mendoza line.
2: Okay and against that defensive front, I'll take that all day. Yeah.
0: And John Reed wasn't far below at a 58.8 because okay. he had a he had a good uh 83.2 pass block grade.
2: Oh, that'll bring you up. Yeah. Um so I guess something I brought up to Kevin earlier in the week that I think can't be stressed enough is the quality of defensive front that we will see in the remaining 5 games of this schedule yes, compared to what we saw in these last three games, falls off a cliff. And that can only be a good thing for us.
0: But how do we judge Pitt now?
2: <laughs> yes. Pitt is Pitt is all things at the same time, at this point.
1: Pitt is a team, but they are
2: barely that. That's what I've got at this point.
1: I thought you were just going to say Pitt is
2: a team. And that was yeah, I it. <laughs> it was like, do you hang that out there? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, lose. Yeah, I i don't I don't understand it and I don't think I ever will. You get well Kevin, the the Kevin, past four weeks.
0: What's Kevin that? did predict the one bull crap Narduzzi win of the year. So right,
2: which is usually over us. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we have a good season, it's over us. Yeah. Um C 2018. Yeah. The uh yeah, get trounced by West Virginia, get trounced by UNC. Handed, uh, like kicked into the next zip code by Virginia Tech and then beat Louisville, huh? Makes sense. Okay, welcome to the ACC, folks. This all tracks. Well, we don't have to worry about divisions
0: next year, so we don't have to go low ACC coastal now all the time.
2: Do did what did Wake do later this week?
0: Wake was oh,
2: yeah, they they played Clemson relatively. No, that was last week.
0: That was last week. Were they on a buy uh, this week? Uh, oh,
2: they got they got beat down by Virginia Tech. Oh,
0: congratulations! Virginia Tech is actually doing things. That's a wrong. This is the wrong time for Virginia Tech to get hot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who does Virginia Tech have this week? Because hopefully they can bring it back to earth. Let's look that up. They also have a buy. Great. Oh, so Virginia <laughs>
0: Tech has a buy going into Thursday night at Lane Stadium. That doesn't bode well for Syracuse at all.
2: Yeah, most normal teams, you'd be like, oh, Syracuse is coming off a bye, too. For us, it's like, oh, boy, Syracuse is coming off a bye. So for anyone listening who does not know the current track record, uh, I, I believe Dino is, yeah. Three and six. It's, uh, yep.
1: Yes, it's three and six. Al- yes. Although, recency bias. Yep, recency rec- bias. They won last year.
2: Yep, they won that last was year against, against MJ Morris. What's that?
1: That
0: was against M.J. Morris.
2: Oh, Details, yeah. man. Well. You know, yeah.
0: Who is who has somehow found his way back into the starting role at NC State this Seriously? time, not due to injury.
1: How? how? D- due to Brennan Armstrong's arm being oh yeah completely gone.
2: Yeah. Uh, talk about people who should have gone to the pros. Arms, who gone no, to the pros. I, I still no. don't understand.
1: I still don't understand why he. You know what? I think it is. I think point. Brennan
0: Armstrong got Tommy vetoed.
2: I can see that. All right. To an extent, but that,
0: yeah. But if that makes any, if there's any consolation prize for Brendan Armstrong, it shows that if he gets Tommy DeVito, he could be the backup quarterback for the New York Giants tonight.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, you know, and then you're talking about MJ Morris, who did throw for four touchdowns against uh, Marshall two weeks ago, also three interceptions. But we're not going to talk about those.
0: I get Marshall is one of the better group of five teams out there, but this is still a group of five team.
2: Well, he followed it up with a uh, 193-yard one interception performance against Duke. So,
0: Ah, so the Trevor Lawrence line of the NFL.
2: Mm -hmm. Which, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who was still good enough to beat the Buffalo Bills last week.
0: But again, you were playing in London, and this was a Jaguars team that had been in London the week before. So they were already adjusted to London. You're playing
1: the Jags in their true
0: home.
2: That's kind (laughs) of warranted. Yeah, fair enough. That's uh... so. Is
0: Jack- so are the Jaguars now Tottenham?
2: Yes, <laughs> which is weird because their owner owns Fulham. So, what's going on here? Yes. Okay, what did so, uh, so he kind of owns something else too that I can't remember.
0: That is a good uh... question. It was was a... Again, welcome to the part of the podcast where we talk about anything other than Syracuse football, because why would we want to talk about Syracuse football?
2: Uh, AEW, that's what it is. Oh, of course it of is AEW. Sorry, Kevin, for not knowing that off the top of our heads. Of
0: course it is AEW. Of course, of course, of
2: course. Yep. He is the currently the wealthiest person of Pakistani origin, according to Wikipedia, because that's the first paragraph of his Wikipedia. Jaguars, at Fulham FC, and that fact is the first two paragraphs. Okay, here we are. We now are a Jaguars and Fulham podcast. We
0: might be okay. Well, yeah, we're definitely not a Syracuse podcast. Um, so sorry, FSSN. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, do they do they have any uh do they have any Fulham or Jaguars affiliates? Because we could slide into a role here.
0: We really should just take over the soccer beat. <laughs> we'll get to uh-huh. soccer we'll get the soccer talk later because there there there's there a thing we need to talk about soccer wise to end this show mm-hmm. um before we before we get on to the defensive side of the ball here let's go ahead and take our halftime break to thank our friends at Homefield Apparel a one-stop shop for all your uh throwback collegiate apparel, clothing, whatnot. If you go to homefieldapparel.com and shop on the site, you can enter the code NUNES at checkout, NUNES23, in fact, at checkout. That's N-U-N-E-S-2-3, and get 10% off your very first order. Get all your throwback uh, Syracuse gear or any college of your choice. They've got so many brands uh, that you could potentially think of, even some other brands at uh, other colleges that you would have not known would get. A throwback jersey like North Carolina A So why not head over to um dot and you use the code noons twenty three n u n e s two three at checkout for ten percent off your first
2: order. I don't think I haven't I haven't acquired any new home field in a while. So uh their their homepage is still the Campbell Fighting Camels because. When you have an option to buy a Campbell Fighting Camels shirt, you should.
0: That's going to be filled with uh, Los Angeles Anaheim Angel fans uh, who are very appreciative that Zach Neto is now their shortstop.
2: <laughs> Deep cuts from collegiate baseball.
0: Because Campbell decided last year to be, you know, or two years ago, was it, where they decided, hey, let's just hit every home run possible.
2: Yeah, why not?
0: So, Again, talking about literally anything else other than Syracuse football. But let's talk about Syracuse football and eat our vegetables. Let's talk defense. Let's talk past defense.
2: Do, do we have to?
0: We kind of, unfortunately, have to.
2: Are you talking about the fact that Sayer Torrance decommitted from Michigan State and is back on the market? Because he wants to play DB. He does want to play DB. Maybe. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Does he have to talk to Chip West now instead of Michael Johnson?
2: Oh Johnson. Oh wow. Apologies if anyone's watching live and I just spammed all of your chats. Um God, wow. Michael Johnson. I forgot about him.
1: Yeah.
0: I forget all of I forget sometimes about the uh assistant coaches that are on this uh
2: Team. Well, the, the turnover really, like, the, the turnover this offseason threw me for a loop more than most, I think.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk, let's, unfortunately, we, we have to talk about pass defense. Okay. I, I mean, Mike, you're the one who watched this game and, and actually watched it in detail. Um, I watched it in not great detail, but I kind of watched it and saw that, hey, pass defense still needs a lot of work. Even if you are going up against Keon Coleman,
1: yeah, not great, Bob. Um, <clears throat> I'll say that my goal prediction, whatever you want to call it for this game, completely backfired. I wanted SU to be aggressive and try to get to Travis early and trust that they're they could play man for a couple seconds, and that just did not happen.
2: I mean, it looks like they were able to. I'm and again, I'm going off PFF grades. It looks like they were able to, to a degree, but that FSU was able to exploit some matchups,
1: mm-hmm.
2: mostly Coleman being a matchup with the secondary. Yeah, <laughs> and,
0: and 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 you saw what uh, Travis's game plan was early, because. Yes, while he waited until he got one-on-one shots to target the sidelines, the routes were designed to attack the Syracuse safeties. And in in particular, it was to attack um, over the middle and really exploit the safety matchup. And they did that to great effect.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Jason Simmons only graded just above the Mendoza line on coverage with a 60.6. Justin Barron in coverage was down at a 54.8. Elijah Clark is still probably the best safety and one of the better defenders on this roster. And He was the highest-graded defender and highest-graded coverage um, defender. So, I mean, but we've known that about Elijah Clark. We know he's probably yeah. the best on that secondary. But, you know, Simmons and Barron, like, yeah
2: Now, Farmer actually looked pretty good in that relief role.
0: Yes, but he only played two snaps.
2: <laughs> Oh, I was reading that wrong. <laughs> I was reading fifty snaps. So I yeah. I'm you oh read? you know what? I'm in the coverage grades. I went <laughs> I went deeper and the uh, column that's normally the snap count is uh yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Disregard
0: that. <laughs> we I'm still I'm still waiting for, you know, when are we gonna see farmer get more playtime because we don't just go from the second Leading tackler on a Big Ten roster to not seeing that much game time,
2: even if no, we that, are that does this deep into the season. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's they don't want to, I don't know, run them down, wear them out, or maybe he's still carrying a minor knock or something, or uh, there's got to be some sort of something. If it's a minor knock, it's
1: a minor. Knock. We did talk to him a couple weeks ago, and he there was not. He wasn't in a brace or anything.
2: Okay.
0: Hmm. Uh... I'm surprised. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm surprised we also didn't see more Jaden Gould on the on in the game. Also, yes, he was the lowest rated defender, but he only played for five snaps. So, yeah, and two so,
2: only two of which were passes.
0: Exactly. So. I'm surprised we have we didn't see more Jaden Gould in that game either, um, because he he's looked serviceable enough at least eye test wise.
2: Now, and one one thing that jumps out of these grades were they kind of were they targeting that kind of gap between especially when we're playing that soft zone, that gap between the uh, the linebackers and safeties, because that really like the the linebackers look real bad numbers wise in coverage. So partially yes. But what they also
0: decided to do was use the wide receiver athleticism, and throw seam passes, just, just down the slot.
2: Gotcha. So because the
0: amount of times I heard Bob Bobushevich call call seam pass from yep. Travis was a lot.
2: Yeah, do the uh, effectively the uh, football version of utilizing the half space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I
0: think, Mike, you can agree with me, right? Because there was a lot of yeah. steam passes over the top, either over the top or line drives right past the safeties.
2: Yes, definitely. Hmm. So Bellamy and Clerk held their own. Be- Bellamy held uh-huh. his own at times, but then
0: other times, not so much.
1: Okay. Th- th- this seemed like his most streaky game so far. Like Christian yeah. said, he... he, he like he was okay but when he missed he missed pretty big
2: that'll do it yeah yeah i don't know and I'm,
1: and and it was the same with johnson but the there also
0: that could also be due to um safety decisions as well because when you're left one on one on an island with the type of receivers that as you have you you probably expect some safety help and whenever yeah. and when and, and whenever Travis got a one-on-one matchup down the sideline, he threw that direction.
2: Yeah. Oh, Jaheim Bell with he was wasn't he a was he a transfer?
0: Most of FSU's receiving course transfers, if yeah. I'm not
2: mistaken. I think he came in from one of the other SEC schools. Um yeah. Either way, uh, those those folks are going to be bigger than whoever we've got out there. and Likely better athletes. And, yeah, it's it wasn't going to be pretty from the beginning, but I, I don't know. I don't know what we can – that's the thing with these three games. Is I don't know 100% what we can take from them.
0: And, I, and, and now I think we can get into that discussion is how much do you want to put stock in these three games? Yes – Syracuse did not look good. I know you expect Syracuse to be, to have, I know a lot of people would have wanted Syracuse to uh, at least be competitive in these games, but they weren't. And I think, yes, to a degree, that's okay. There, there are, yes, some worrying things that you would like to see Syracuse fix during the break, but the fact that Syracuse launched these games shouldn't be a red flag to fans. This was always going to be the toughest part of the schedule. And I don't think any person in their right mind, keyword right mind, thinks that Syracuse would get to double-digit wins or escape here with only one or two losses, at least during this stretch of games.
2: Right. And if you'd have told anyone at the beginning of the season that we were 4-3 and at this point in the season, you would have taken it. yeah, everyone would have nodded their heads and said, Okay, cool. That's it's the best we can hope for. And here we are, and people are saying the sky is falling. And I don't I don't know whether it's the look test or what the deal is, but I uh, it's it's disconcerting to see the discourse really fall apart the way it is. I don't know. I if think it's,
0: yeah, it's definitely the look test. The definitely the look test of not being kind of Syracuse. Unfortunately, now just given the seed to the ACC, you might have to wait until after that Yankee Stadium game to really determine if Syracuse is good or not.
2: We love the Sickos committee, don't we?
0: Yep. And because Virginia Tech is on a roll right now and has all the momentum it needs to dominate a Thursday night primetime game where they thrill, they excel at, it really comes down to that kinky stadium game to really determine the marker for Syracuse.
2: I mean, this game, like every sign points to Virginia tech. So that pretty much means Syracuse is going to win. Right. You would hope (laughs) Uh, the, yeah, exactly. Um, Also, Mike, I just realized I, I didn't put two and two together. Your shirt, uh, I was like, oh, there's a bridge on top of defense. Oh, wait, no, that's supposed to be the top of the dome. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: it's the uh roller coaster version of the dome.
2: Yep. Well, again, it's the Steve is old where I've seen that shirt for decades, but with a different bubble on the top. Yeah. Yeah. No, not with supporting structures. <laughs> like now that I understand it, I'm like, oh, that actually looks kind of cool. Huh? Not with not with civil engineering. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. But hey, whatever. That's what it looks like now. So that's the dome. Um yeah, I don't you, Virginia Tech is gonna be interesting. BC yeah. at present is BCing. Yeah. So hopefully home on a Friday night, that's not gonna cause any issues. Uh um, should, should it? Yeah, I mean what are we are we looking at five and four going into Pittsburgh at Yankee
0: at, at worst? and at, at the very worst, right? If you can get bowl eligibility by beating Pitt, I think you're fine. Yeah, and I know there, there's a lot of Syracuse fans who want more from this team. But it's just unreasonable to expect that, especially where the given where the program is. You've got to build slowly with this with this program, and especially with the state of college football and college athletics where it's at right now. Yeah. People are going to want the world, and you it's unreasonable for a program the size of Syracuse to get that right now.
2: And that's I guess that's the crux of the problem or one of the problems is that I don't think a lot of people that are complaining understand the current state of college football and the current landscape and where Syracuse fits in this landscape.
0: Because Syracuse is very much at the bottom of the current landscape right now. So Syracuse is, let's put it this way, if Syracuse was in the Pac-12, it'd be in the position where Washington State and Oregon State are right now.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it might have lucked out and been the uh, the the Cal uh, Cal and Stanford last I mean, night. Out. It
0: might it might have been Cal. Yeah, it might have been Cal.
2: But it wasn't going to be in that first flight. One hundred percent wasn't going to
0: be. <laughs> like, sir. ironically, if it was Cal, Syracuse could have got back into this.
2: <laughs> well, but that's the thing, Mike. You do you understand that
1: joke? I do understand that joke, but we're not talking basketball right now. So we will in five minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, Syracuse has been through this God knows how many times before. Well, by that, I mean two already. Um, The original Big East exodus, which we got left behind on the original Big East merger that they like that Penn State didn't get included in and various other things happened to form the state of college football at that present. And then the last, you know, the the last uh, ACC merger where we are, where we are and it's like every time people think the Syracuse brand is worth more than it is and i don't think i don't think you'll find any more Syracuse diehards than on this podcast but also realists of where we sit in the pecking order and it's not near the top
0: the fact that Syracuse is only just now building a a football specific facility and it's not even close to the standards of the football facilities that we expect it to be in comparison to the rest of the ACC should tell you a lot. So to expect Syracuse to immediately slug it out with Clemson and UNC right now, and I think a lot of people are looking at UNC and thinking like, hey, Syracuse should probably be at that level right now.
2: You mean the University of North Carolina? that is part of the North Carolina state school systems. Yeah. That one that has the, you know, effectively the, the, the money of a land grant school. That's doing what it does. And yeah, yeah, we should be right there. hundred percent.
0: That's not going to happen. And if you're expecting Syracuse to get double digit wins, you're expecting Syracuse to be a ranked team every year. And based on the resources that Syracuse has at its disposable, At disposal, it's just not happening.
1: It also doesn't help that this is just me being a little nitpicky, I guess. Even with the football project, with the lolly complex that's going on right now, it is already behind schedule in some ways. They didn't focus on the actual football-specific improvements. They didn't focus on the practical stuff first, let me put it that way. So you're, you're already farther behind than you should be. So, yeah, it's going to take a couple years for Syracuse to really get on the level with most of the rest of the ACC. I don't like it. I'm sure you guys don't like it, but that's where we're at.
0: A program that does have a specific facility dedicated to it is the basketball programs. And mm-hmm. that's partially part of the reason why Syracuse can't compete in basketball.
2: That's part of the reason Syracuse can be football. This is also Again, true. A discussion for another day, but <laughs> <laughs> however, this,
0: bat- this basketball season is going to be interesting because of the new eras and stuff like that. Um this is a Syracuse program that is going through a lot of transition, and Mike, you are there to at least witness the first steps of that transition. Why don't you take us through Media Day and your thoughts surrounding it?
1: So I first want to say that just the overall feeling compared to the last two that I experienced at the end of the Bayheim era was completely different. Everyone from Autry to all the players just felt so much more relaxed, and it seemed like they wanted to be there so much more than in past years. And I promise this is not me. This is not the Bash Bayheim show because, yes, he had a rough exit. I'm not going into the... Did he stay too long or any of that stuff? But there no, is genuine for. op there is <laughs> genuine up. Op- oh, sorry, Steve, what'd you say? That's what he's here for for. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. There is genuine optimism in this program and not just coming from the outside within the program, which is I think a really overlooked part of the last couple of years where the team, whether they wanted to admit it or not, I think the last couple of teams kind of knew they were not the standard of Syracuse basketball that we've been used to seeing for a long time. This group knows that they have the talent to go back to that standard. It's what Autry keeps preaching, going back to the orange standard and putting a couple more banners. I forget who said it. It was one of the players saying the next couple of years, getting back to putting more banners on the walls inside the Meadow center, meaning more tournament appearances. So, the, just the expectations of this group with themselves and what the, everyone believes everyone else on the team can do. It's a very tight group, especially the six guys, the the freshmen from last year that are now sophomores, who all decide to come back and still may end up being, as Jim Beheim said, one of his best recruiting classes ever. If the, I'm hey, I'm trying to be the optimist here, Christian. They, I can't overstate how excited I am to actually watch Syracuse basketball. That should be fun again. And this is coming from someone who doesn't have as deep a connection as the two of you do. This is coming from somebody who is who came here for school, didn't have a ton of background with Syracuse before, but now this feels like the team that I have been, that if I came to school here five or six years earlier, would have been the team then like the, the team that so many groups of so many classes came through and saw, that's what this team feels like.
0: Remember, you're also talking to a Syracuse fan who didn't really, before he went to Syracuse university, wasn't invested that much into Syracuse first Syracuse sports at all. And really the first Syracuse sport that he watched in earnest in terms of, okay, I'm going to this school. Let me watch this school now and figure out oh. wow, the team I'm rooting for. Happened to be the Syracuse Duke game in 2013.
2: Mm. Yeah. I don't For some
1: reason, I thought this was going towards the Villanova football game because I know you talked. We about do that.
2: not talk about that. Yeah, that game didn't exist. You... Forever. <laughs> no, that's, but but that's like but, Syracuse but, Iowa yeah. 2008 does not exist. Yeah, either. but
0: no, but basketball wise, the first game that I like really focused on as a Syracuse fan happened to be the Syracuse Duke game of 2013, and I think a lot of basketball fans remember that game. And it and it was the one at the dome, not the one at the uh, not the one at the uh, at the glorified high school gymnasium,
1: the gym that's smaller than my local D three school.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with the the new era, uh, in the immortal words of one Anakin Skywalker, this is where the fun begins, <laughs> because I, I'm as a as the Steve is old. Uh, spokesperson here. Um, In my brain, it's been a long time coming to get back to what this seems to feel like. And you're right, there's been a fresh and palpable. I don't know if it's relaxation, or there's there's a change in demeanor around the program, it seems. And it it feels good to see.
0: And I think for at least this program, we don't want to use eye test that much with football, but I think we have to with this basketball program, just based on like the strength of the teams that Syracuse plays throughout its schedule. There isn't an easy, quote-unquote, stretch for Syracuse at all in its schedule right now. And so I think if Syracuse plays at least close against its opponents in the Maui Invitational, I think that's where people will get excited about the Syracuse team.
1: Uh, yeah, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, we did also find out that uh, Autry did not make this out of conference schedule. It was already decided when he got here. So, one last uh, gift from Jim, I guess.
2: <laughs> Jim willingly accepted a game in South Dakota. Willingly is uh that's probably its own animal. That is that is that is a good point. Is there a Denny's there? <laughs> I was yeah. Do we make the
1: Denny's joke? And yes, there is. There is. We uh, somebody brought it up before in one of the random comment sections.
2: Oh, that's glorious. Uh, so when tip off official tip off is what? New, two weeks from November sixth, I think. When yeah, so... November sixth, New Hampshire. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. God, you know we're diehard Syracuse basketball fans what we're guessing when tip off is.
2: Yeah. Yeah you you know we're coming off the Florida State game when we're guessing when tip off is um yeah i mean new hampshire Canisius, colgate the usual the usual upstate upstate new york and new england tour maui that's not in maui um, i mean
0: for good reason so like, oh yeah
2: valid 100% yeah. valid uh which is oh, okay that's still listed as Lahaina civic center on the uh close enough yeah um <laughs> Uh, Louisiana why did I read Louisiana State? <laughs>
0: because it's listed as Louisiana State on the I, schedule page and not LSU.
2: In, in my brain it like was going to ULL and like Louisiana Lafayette or something but yeah, <laughs> LSU and the ACC SEC Challenge, that should be fun uh, that is that is not a game including Joe Girard as he did not opt to attend there and instead we will be seeing him later in the season, right?
0: Indeed, indeed that is that is Syracuse's senior day.
1: Oh, really? Wait, no. That's the Cle- the game in Clemson is senior day. Our senior day is to a uh, Tuesday night against Virginia Tech.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Because that's the, that oh, well, the reason why we would say this is because we were we were wondering when this schedule came out what would be like the big weekend game that Syracuse would promote. And it feels like it's going to be that Clemson game because Syracuse plays Duke early in the season when the students aren't on campus. And the UNC
1: game is. Duke is a road game anyway. That's true, yes. And the
0: UNC game that's at home is on a Tuesday.
2: Yeah. So the options game that's. The wake? No, that's a way. Yeah, the the, the, the options
1: are basically just Clemson or Notre Dame at this point. Yeah.
2: Wow, that sucks. Yes. You
0: know what also you can promote on weekends against Clemson?
2: Hmm.
0: Soccer games on ESPN. Ah,
2: there you go. I was like, is that where he's going? Okay.
0: Yes, indeed, indeed,
2: indeed. Oh, before we hit there, do they promote the Notre Dame as one last time to pack the dome before they change the seating and all that? I mean, if they were smart, they probably would, but.
1: Pro- There's also supposed to be a Bayheim ceremony. Well, I, we don't know if it'll happen, but Wild Hacks wanted that last year. Hmm.
0: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the reason why you're
1: all here. Soccer talk.
2: Absolutely.
1: The Syracuse is still a football school.
2: Yes. Uh, well, if you count the second result on the weekend and not the first.
1: Yeah, we don't talk
0: about the first.
2: There was a first? No. Are
1: was. you guys, are you guys sure Syracuse Soccer played another game this week? No, no, no. There, no were,
2: there were no teams from Philadelphia that showed up at Syracuse Soccer Stadium, it's fine.
1: Syracuse did not
0: lose 2-1 to Temple during the week. It didn't
2: happen. a, a 1-5 and 4 Temple team.
0: Yeah, that was not Temple's second win of the season. That didn't happen.
2: Also, I still like if you want to get into a tactical <laughs> breakdown of that game, I can bitch and moan for days because it was bad. But, uh,
0: Why don't you do a talk to a little breakdown of center center backs taking free kicks?
2: Because I would That's like what we that... saw today. Oh, really? Who was who was taking free kicks today?
0: Or do you not wait, Steve? Do you actually not know the score of what happened today or what happened today?
2: I saw the one-one draw.
0: The score, the goal was from a booster Schoberg free kick from just outside the box. Oh. Oh, I suggest you go look at that clip now on Twitter. In fact, what I'm going to do is go to Twitter, pull up that clip, and show it on stream because that goal was just ridiculous.
2: Oh, well, I'm going to wait for it on stream then. Uh, it, it, for the Temple game, uh, I will just complain that we had zero midfield presence whatsoever. It reminded me of the old Bob Bradley empty bucket, and everything was across into no one, and it was really, really disconcerting to watch. Rant over. Uh, Glad they were able to turn around against a ranked Clemson team. Um but yeah, yeah, Temple Temple had what two shots total and scored two goals? Maybe three shots and scored two goals? I think they
1: had three.
2: But yeah. still Syracuse, a, uh... Syracuse had 12 shots and 12 corners and got nothing out of it. Well, a goal.
0: For those who are listening on your podcast platform of choice, I'm about to show the goal on our live stream right now. Again, if you aren't joining our live stream Sundays at 8 p.m., go to Twitch on uh, disloyal idiots YouTube and on Twitter, Steve is going to look at Booster Schoberg and you see where this ball is just inside yeah. the D. And this is, yes, you're not you're saying this correctly. This is Booster Schoberg. Eric
2: center back. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That, that's a center back? This is your center back. <laughs> okay. So why haven't been why haven't we been using booster like that for years? <laughs> Oh uh, that that's almost as pretty as uh you remember last year Kchevsky had that one from like 21 out? Yes. That's like that same feeling. Like that's just I'm I'm downright impressed. Bravo booster. And that was that was up here, correct?
0: That was indeed up here. That that was a that was a national broadcast as well on ESPNU.
2: Oh nice. And Syracuse Clemson always seems to be a stupidly good game. I don't know how that always happens.
0: Yep, and that, I and, that was, covering them. and that was a 78th-minute equalizer as well.
2: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since 2013, I think there's only been two games, and this is the, a team we normally face multiple times a year because we always run into them in the, either the NCAAs or the ACC tournament. Yeah. Um, I think there's only been two games that have been decided by more than a goal. So, And one of they, those
0: was last year.
2: Right, yeah, and they've been... <laughs> Just consistently good games every year, even when one team is down. It's just like, okay, yep. somehow this is a good match. And hopefully they can continue to get right against Yale on Wednesday.
0: This is a Syracuse team that's going to be interesting heading into the, at least the postseason talk. Because you expect them to tumble down the rankings after the loss to Temple. So do they still have have a good enough resume to especially with all the draws on their schedule. Do they still have a good enough resume to at least challenge for that large bid?
2: I would think they do. Um, you know, the fields, what's the fields, 24 or 32?
1: Something like pretty that. large. Okay.
2: Yeah. First round buy, so it's got to be 21 or 24 uh, or 28, I don't know, whatever. Uh, we're, we're not math scholars here. Um Usually usually if you're in the top 25, you'll be able to get an at large. Like there's enough slots out there for uh a solid solid amount of at large berths. Like if they can close out Yale NC State BC and like win win win, that puts them what nine, nine, three, and four. And most of like the with their strength of schedule, I don't see how they wouldn't make an at large especially if they get one in the ACC tournament. now if they falter a little down the stretch like lose or draw one of those and then lose in the first round, then you might be on thin ice. but I think I think they're just by just by strength of schedule I mean they're you you scroll up and it's like all right they played number 20 Penn State Cornell was ranked when they played them they played or they drew against Louisville. Uh, twenty week Forest. Yeah. I think it comes one. down to how much
0: you factor those draws in, into the yeah. equation because there's been so many draws for this Syracuse team.
2: There has, but they've got a big, you know, top ten road win against North Carolina, or sorry, thirteen road win against North Carolina.
0: Sure, we did forget about that
2: right mm-hmm. before the Temple game, which makes total sense. Mm, a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. Um. I one thing I don't know if either of you have heard. Where's General Leibold?
0: Mike, you're you're going to have to be the detective, <laughs> detective as the man on campus, to figure that out. Because like he
2: hasn't gotten minutes since the uh, like it
0: has to be injury, right? Because there's no way you leave him out, out of the squad,
2: right? I mean, he's he's your perfect width on the left. Like I don't know, like him and Nate run him and Nate Edwards running the flanks would add a whole different dimension to this team.
0: Mike, I think you know who to ask, and both both of us know our mutual friend.
1: Uh, who to ask? Yeah.
2: So. Yeah, I'll, I'll get Phil
1: on
2: it. <laughs> so yeah, either way, uh, good to see Wickham. You know, uh, apparently had another decent game.
0: It looks like Syracuse might have some goalie stability, and also shows how important Russell Shealy was at the end of last year.
2: Yeah, yep.
0: So. I was at, I was a big uh, Lucas Donhauer fan. I was a yep. really big fan of how he played. Yeah and and I thought he should have deserved at least at the beginning of the year. I thought he was going to be the starting keeper instead of Shealy. But look, I was gladly proven wrong last year.
2: I was gonna say down the stretch, that one kind of that, that argument went out the window. <laughs> yeah, down You're the like, stretch uh, it did the, it definitely went out the window. Yeah, Mac. Mag's definitely uh Mag knows what he's doing here. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it seems I
0: mean, his latest goalkeeper switch is at least at at this point paying off right now. Yeah, yes.
2: It's yeah, cool. absolutely. Because so we're carrying four keepers right now.
0: now. That's normal. What are you talking about?
2: I mean, we're carrying 35 kids, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, things are things are good.
1: Hey, one football team knows how to get depth
2: <laughs> And knows how to use the transfer portal. Weird.
0: That's probably a discussion for next week when we're going to be talking about the Syracuse sort of playing the fighting buys.
2: Mm, very true.
0: But it's definitely a discussion we can table for next week as we kind of had the dust to settle around the crazy first half of the season to Syracuse football. This will spin your disloyal idiots podcast this week Four years. All your new Syracuse Orange related. So I'd like to thank Steve and Mike for joining me. Steve hopping in a little bit late, but still was here nonetheless. Andy stills somewhere out in the world on the internet.
2: I promise you he exists somewhere. He has responded to texts. We just don't know. Uh, we, we, we have, think it's we, we have, have received
0: signs of life. <laughs> <laughs> but again, thank you all so much for listening to the little idiots podcast. If you're watching along on Twitch, YouTube, or Twitter on our live stream, Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, thank you so much for watching along. Make sure you hit a subscribe or a follow on your viewing platform of choice. And if you're listening on your podcast, platform of choice you know spotify apple podcast google podcast whatever it may be megaphone stitcher why don't you go ahead and rate reviews subscribe leave a comment so we can trick the algorithm into expanding the ottoman empire we'll be back again next week sunday 8 p.m eastern again the following day on your pod- podcast platform of choice until then guys
2: go orange go orange go orange